We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, Nick Whalen here, RotoWire's lead NBA editor. We have a special episode coming your way today. Myself and our college football editor, John McKechnie, had the opportunity to sit down with Johnny Avello. He's the director of race and sports operations for DraftKings. He's a legend in the sports gambling industry, a guy who's worked in virtually every corner of this industry over the last few decades. Uh, Johnny started out in Vegas in the late 70s. Uh, he was instrumental in getting the win Las Vegas Sportsbook off the ground. And he ran that sportsbook for more than a decade before joining DraftKings in 2018. It was a really fun conversation with Johnny. He was a fantastic guest. We touched on virtually everything that we wanted to. Uh, his entry into sports gambling, you know, where he thinks things are headed in the short term and the long term, not only for DraftKings, but for the industry at large. We hit on some of the trends you know, as far as digital gambling and some of the challenges and some of the benefits that that's produced. And then we got into the basics, of course, of hanging out in Las Vegas. Johnny's been there for 40 plus years. So very few people know Vegas and no sports wagering as well as he does. We'll be rolling this one out on several of our podcast feeds this week. So if you subscribe to more than one RotoWire podcast, don't be alarmed if the same podcast pops up in multiple feeds. It is something a little bit different, but we really do think you'll enjoy it. And of course, we thank Johnny uh, and the guys at DraftKings for helping get this thing set up. Without further ado, here's Johnny Avello. Okay, we are pleased to be joined by DraftKings Sportsbooks 
Johnny Avello. He's the director of race and sports operations at DraftKings. Johnny, really appreciate you taking the time to join John and I this afternoon. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, we're going to start with this. Do you think you have the greatest job of all time? And part two, how did you get the greatest job of all time? Uh, I do believe I have the greatest job of all time. And the reason I'll tell you that I do is that most people, when they go to work, they look at their watch to find out what time it is so that they uh, can go home at that particular time. They look forward to going home. I haven't looked at my watch for over 40 years. Yeah, that is ideal. Were you, were you a big gambler? before you got into this? Like how, how does one even, you know, get to this point? You know, obviously you've, you've worked in Las Vegas for many years. You were the, the win Las Vegas sports book director for over a decade. But I mean, how did you break into the industry? And is, is this kind of where you ultimately saw yourself ending up? No, not really. Um, you know, when I look at uh, my youth, you asked me if I, was a, if I was a gambler, never a professional gambler, but I've been around horse racing since I was five years old. And I actually did make bets with the bookie when I was 15 years old. So I've been around the game a while. Uh, I went to Las Vegas, not for sport, race and sports wagering, but for casino wagering. I could deal all the games and I worked in the uh, table games area for, you know, six years before I migrated over to the sports book. But once I went, moved over to the sports book, then I kind of found my wheelhouse and where I really belonged. So Johnny, um, having worked in Las Vegas, I mean, so many things have changed over the course of just the last few years in terms of state by state legislation when it comes to sports gambling. So what was your thought in making the leap and going away from the traditional Las Vegas casino sports book over to the, to the DraftKings space? Um, were you worried at all about taking this leap of faith? Did you feel like this was something that, that you knew you'd be able to, to steer in the right direction? Uh, what, what was that process like leaving the win? Well, if we backtrack about five years ago uh, and prior to that, I never thought that sports wagering would be legal across the U.S. Uh, I thought it would strictly stay in Las Vegas because there were a lot of hurdles there. Uh, and I wasn't sure that those hurdles could be overcome. But uh, I, I wanted to get into the space if it ever did happen. And so when the one of the owners of DraftKings, Matt Kalish, recruited me, and him and I had probably three or four meetings, um, I decided that it's something that I certainly want to entertain because I knew it was going to be big. Um, I knew it was going to expand and I just couldn't see not being a part of it. So I left the traditional brick and mortars as you call it and, uh, and got into this, this space, which uh, I've enjoyed Im immensely so far. So obviously with DraftKings, you're focusing more on the sportsbook side of things, but I think a lot of people know DraftKings from you know, the incessant commercials three, four years ago that were really trying to push daily fantasy sports. Yeah, how much familiarity did you have with the DFS space versus the sportsbook space? Like, had you used DraftKings even? Or, you know, how did they, how did they kind of pitch it to you as, as something that was really going to be big for the future? Well, DraftKings actually was not in the state of Nevada. So mm -hmm. I didn't have the luxury of being able to use the DFS app. Uh, I knew some, something about DFS, uh, and, and I've actually played in 
fantasy leagues going back 30 years. So I'm familiar with how they work. Now, DFS is, uh, DraftKings has taken DFS to a different level, and there was a lot for me to learn. And I'm still learning it, and I really enjoy that side of it. Um, so DraftKings is more of, uh, you know, encompasses a lot of entertainment. And it's not only uh, the DFS, it's sports um, and a casino, which I am familiar with, and there's more to come. Absolutely. And, you know, with, with like the the digital space that, 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 you know, the DraftKings Sportsbook works with and obviously the physical one as well. Um, have you noticed that DraftKings um, has had an advantage in maybe cornering a new market that might not have been as popular at traditional uh, walk up to the, to the, the counter uh, sports bets? Like it, I'm more specifically talking about like has this DraftKings opportunity like opened up more for say pro, uh, player props and in-game wagering and that that sort of thing to take off well you know the retail aspect of betting is very important because not everybody wants to bet on the mobile app and, and digitally uh, they like going into an establishment they like that camaraderie of you know of with the whether it be the writers or others who visit that establishment and watching games in that environment. But the digital uh, is really where it's at. I mean, that's, it allows you to put the luxury of to bet at your own speed. It allows you to bet uh, the luxury of when speed is important. And you mentioned in-game wagering because that moves rather quickly. Um, but, you know, digital is, has taken sports betting to new heights. And, uh, and I, I think without digital, this industry would not have grown the way it has. So having now worked on both sides, are you at all concerned that they can both exist long-term? You know, I mean, if DraftKings kind of gets to where it wants to be, I think 20, 30 years down the road, you know, maybe, maybe you have DraftKings brick and mortar locations, but, you know, is the goal to kind of bring people out of the traditional, you know, flying with your buddies out to Las Vegas, placing some bets, kind of that experience that you get, that classic Vegas sportsbook experience. Are, are you concerned at all that, that maybe that'll fade away in the future, you know, if and, and when DraftKings continues to take off? Well, you said 30 or 40 years, so I'm not concerned about that far down the road. But, uh, you know, right now, the retail locations are very important to us. And we have a whole team that works on retail locations and I'm part of that team for opening in new jurisdictions. Uh, the retail books we have are doing really well. We're very proud of them. And we're looking at opening more uh, this year and years to come. So uh, retail is not dead. 40 years down the road, I can't tell you guys, I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The times, are they, they certainly are a changing. And, you know, this year I think has presented maybe the most unique challenge you could possibly be presented with. I mean, with, with everything that's gone on and that has in a way shifted the viability. I mean, as if it wasn't already heading in that direction one way or the other, but I feel like the digital space and, and you know, not having to physically go into the sports book in a, in a year where, you know, the pandemic ha has really altered the way that everyone behaves um, and, and wants to go about things. So, I mean, how much, you know, in a year like this, how interesting is it to you that, that you've been in a field that, that has almost like gone up, as, not, not necessarily profiting off of it, but, but just like 
been able to, to more than just stay afloat through all of this? Well, in a year like this, certainly the digital has helped immensely because there are times where people weren't able to go into a retail location uh, because they were closed at, you know, at times. Um, but they figured out ways how to stay open and how to protect their employees. But, um, you know, we just had a remarkable year. And it's not only because uh, the digital that helped, but it's also because we have a great team and we offer great products and we're expanding those products and we're going to continue to expand those products. We have great customer service and, and it, you know, the, the reasons for betting on a DraftKings platform or being part of DraftKings are, are you know, uh, they're, they're just great. Uh, and I, I just love being a part of it and working around this, all these uh, so-called young people with young ideas. Um, I'm the old guy on the staff, guys. I'm, you know, I'm 68 years old, but for the most part, the average age for a DraftKings employee is about 28, 30 years old. Uh, and the ideas that the team continuously comes up with and the promotions they continuously put out there are just totally outrageous. And I don't have to tell you guys that because you see them because, you know, you follow the app itself. Um, but uh, things are just going to get better and, uh, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. So you just said it, Johnny, you know, you know, we, we work with DraftKings day in and day out at RotoWire. So, you know, we're, we're not really the target audience as far as, you know, when DraftKings talks about expanding its business, what is the key to eventually making sports betting, you know, as commonplace uh, in the United States as fantasy football? You know, I have aunts, you know, my mom, my dad, uncles who really don't follow sports, uh, but play fantasy football and get really into it every year. You know, they don't feel that way about sports betting. Is the goal to eventually normalize it to the point where, much like fantasy football, you know, you can kind of just jump in um, and you don't have to feel like, you know, you're swimming in a pool of sharks? Well, first of all, fantasy football is, is alive and well, doing very well and having mm-hmm. some of its best years ever since sports came on board. And I think the reason for that is that there's a crossover. There are some sports bettors that play fantasy and some fantasy players that bet sports. Uh, no, you're, you're right. There are people who uh, do like fantasy and will continue to play fantasy and maybe have no interest in betting sports. Um, but there's a whole market out there of people who've been betting sports for years, having to travel to Las Vegas or betting with illegal bookies. And those people will now have the opportunity to bet with a platform like DraftKings where there are just so many more options and it's so easy to do. Um, and as we grow and, and go into more states, uh, there'll be new sports players, maybe who have never bet a sports bet in their life. Uh, but once they see how much fun it is and how entertaining it is, uh, we'll try it and we'll be part of the team. Uh, the team of people who bet sports, uh, not on a daily basis, but for entertainment purposes. Absolutely, absolutely. So definitely excited about the direction there. Um, so we've kind of established that, you know, the NFL is king, of course, but from from where you're sitting, is there maybe not a sleeping giant is, is the right way to put it, but in terms of like the next frontier, a certain sport or, or a certain way of wagering one, one way or the other that you think could really pick up some traction here as we move forward? Well, there's your core sports and, uh, you know, those core sports are going to be your, your top betting sports. Uh, you know, your, your football, your basketball, which is encompasses both 
pro in, in college, um, and then baseball. You know, hockey does okay. I consider that one of the core sports, but there's other sports now who have gained a lot of momentum or doing as well as hockey, golf, and uh, even NASCAR and uh, all these other auxiliary sports out there that we offer, table tennis and darts and it goes on and on the, the extensive menu that we have. And that menu will continue to expand. Now, in-game wagering is kind of in its infancy, to be honest with you, although the handle is growing quite quickly. Uh, but there's always going to be new offerings. And new offerings will be real-time offerings on golf. Like, will the next – and we've, we've done some of this already. Will the next shot, uh, you know, hit the fairway? Will there be a birdie on this hole uh, by a particular player? Baseball, balls and strikes. Uh, and so we're becoming more innovative with the in-game wagering. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you some of the things we're going to do because they haven't been invented yet. But I can tell you that on a daily basis, the team is coming up with new ideas, which I have never encountered before. And, uh, and they're going to be mainstream at some point. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That is why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month Rotowire subscription when you place your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's ROTO, R O T O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522 4700 in Colorado and Nevada, and 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800 889 9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 9 with it in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So maybe this time around, I won't ask you to look 40 years into the future, but five, 10 years into the future, you know, what, what is the future of the DraftKings Sportsbook? You know, I remember two or three years ago, you know, when the NBA uh, really kind of started to buy in with DraftKings and FanDuel and, and really promoting DFS, which is something that we hadn't seen a lot of other sports do. There was talk of, you know, there'll, there'll be a kiosk in every NBA arena and, you know, you can leave your seat, you could go place a bet in the arena right there, or you could do it on your phone as you're watching the game. You know, obviously some of that has, has come to fruition, but uh, over the next few years, you know, how far do you see that advancing? Well, those type of things are going to continue to happen. But mm -hmm. if you notice, uh, if you follow DraftKings, you'll notice every day there's a new announcement that right. we've, uh, you know, we are now joined at the hip with this team or that team, or, uh, you know, we're supporting uh, some type of race, drone racing or something. And, and so you're going to continue to see some of these new offerings. Um, you know, like I told you before, I, I, you know, I can't tell you some of the things that have come 
down the pike. But if there was a show when I was younger called the Jetsons, did you guys ever see that? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Jetsons did some things that we were all like, yeah, sure. But some of those things are now happening, you know, electric cars and, uh, you know, it, ways to communicate with each other without actually having, a, you know, being hardwired in. Um, so it, the world's changing and it's changing fast and we're changing with it. Yes. So putting I, your, or, sorry, John, I, I have one quick follow-up on that. Putting yourself in your shoes from, let's say, 20 years ago, you know, when you're, you're working in the more traditional sportsbook environment, did you ever imagine a day where an NBA team would be coming to you looking to partner, you know, with a, a, a site or a, a company, you know, that's openly into gambling? You know, is that obviously the NBA has completely done a 180 on that. Is that anything that you really saw coming in the future? Uh, no, I didn't uh, because at one time, you know, some of these sports, the NBA, NFL, uh, they were almost like a uh, reverse magnet, you know, like, right. you, know, you know, we just, we just did not mesh. Um, but it's to a point now where we are working together. Now, that's been a great development to kind of, you know, bring it to the mainstream and, and you know, demystify certain things about it and, and you know, let everyone know that that is something that it's that can be for for everybody um and looking towards the expansion you know we're starting to see state by state legislation go the way that we want it to as far as the sports betting space is concerned so is this something where we could see one day in the not too distant future all 50 states be having that capability of of being to uh do legal sports betting uh, within their borders or, or could there be some potential uh, hangups along the way? I think eventually every state gets there. It's a, it'll take some time for all the states to get there. But there's already some things happening with the intermingling of those states. Um, you know, we offered a football contest this year that crossed over a couple of states. And we already know next year it's going to cross over many more states. So those are commingling pools. Um, and that's a way to grow a contest like our pro pick'em contest is was what it was called. So we're looking for next year for when you do that, you take multiple states and you can use all the people that live in those states to, to be combined in one particular pool. It's going to be a heck of a contest next year, guys. And but, uh, you know, to have all 50 involved in something like that, it's going to take some time because. There are some states that are still opposed to it, and it'll take them a while to come around. Right. Well, unfortunately, like, we're, we're in one of those states in Wisconsin here. Have you found that there's one primary impetus for these states that have kind of been dragging their feet? Like, what, what is ultimately holding them back? And, you know, is there one thing, or is it from state to state, they each have their own reasons? Just not enough information. Uh, probably thinking old school, thinking about some of the uh, – old bad things that could have happened um but once i think once they actually sit down and and speak to a regulator and we are highly regulated uh you know they they realize that this business is uh you know so controlled so on the up and up we do everything right we we look out for the interest of betters uh and every other possible compliance that you can follow so uh I, I just think it's just not knowledgeable enough yet. And like you said, that, that will get there uh, with time. Uh, zooming back out, I, I just want to talk to you about um, 
Vegas right now, you know, we, we, we have the Thursday night game there last night in Vegas. You have this brand new like crown jewel of a, of a stadium out in Vegas where the, where the Raiders play. And we're not to the point yet where we can have fans there, but I mean, how much electricity is that going to bring to the city of Las Vegas once, you know, we're past it and we're able to pack out uh, that, that stadium out in the desert? Well, I know you guys are familiar with our uh, our hockey team, the Golden Knights. Of course. And that is such a popular event in town each and every night that they play here in town. Uh, you know, the, the arena's packed. The surrounding area around the arena's packed. Um, and it has been since day one. This year, of course, uh, you know, we weren't able to have hockey uh, after March, and so therefore – uh, you know, those guys played in a bubble, but um, that didn't stop people from hanging out in that area. And we're finding the same it, where the Raiders play uh, because the uh, the fans are showing up, but they're not able to actually go inside the stadium. So they're making a presence and they're rooting on the team and uh, like, you know, just to show their support. But that thing would have been packed this year, guys. And, uh, look for that to be a tough ticket to get when they go live again uh, in, next year. Uh, there's going to be a lot of other events there, too, besides the NFL. There's going to be some college games there. There's probably going to be some college bowl games as well as concerts. Uh, so that that's a state-of-the-art uh, indoor-outdoor arena that's going to be utilized quite frequently. Hey, NBA fans, Owner's Box is here to reinvent the way you play fantasy sports this season. Owner's Box is not DFS. They're the first ever weekly fantasy sports platform to combine the best elements of daily and season-long fantasy. Owner's Box is a head-to-head elimination-style format that keeps players engaged through live snake drafts and a new layer of strategy that allows you to become the ultimate fantasy GM. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. On Owner's Box, users can brand themselves and engage socially on the platform in multiple different ways, add friends, create custom leagues, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Users are able to draft a new team every single day and participate in different types of contests to keep the fantasy experience fresh and fun so you're never out of the game. To tip off the NBA season, if you sign up free now, Owner's Box will match your first deposit up to $500. Think you got what it takes to be a weekly fantasy GM? Visit ownersbox.com slash rotowire to claim your bonus and make a name for yourself today. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still living in Las Vegas, correct? I am. I live in Henderson, which is just on the outskirts. I've been in Las Vegas for 41 years. Okay. So John and I have been out there several times. Rotowire does a company trip each summer. We love being out there, but I have to say, usually after three or four days, I am more than ready to hop on what's usually like an 11.30 p.m. flight and just get back to Milwaukee, get home, take a few days to recover. What is it like actually living in Las Vegas full time? Well, it's wonderful. The uh, First of all, the weather's great. Summers are a little hot. Uh, you have to get used to those summers. Uh, and I'll tell you a quick story about those summers. Uh, when I first came to town back in 79, I drove into town with a car that where the door had to be tied. Uh, and I did not have any air conditioning when I came to town. And so that car eventually broke down and I bought another car, which also did not have air conditioning. 
So for my first three or four years in town, I was driving around through these summers with no air. That's not the case now, guys. I'm a wimp. I really need to have that air, and I need to have that air going, uh, you know, at full tilt. But the question overall for Vegas, it's a great town. I've met some of my best friends here, uh, customers who I've stayed in touch with my entire career, uh, you know, and the community just, it's a great community that just supports the the Vegas area in many, many different ways. Uh, as far as living here, you certainly have access to great casinos and great sports books, as well as great places to eat and great shows. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Yes. And, uh, you know, to, to your point, like one of my favorite things when, when we go out there and it's almost like I always forget about it until we are actually physically on, on the scene there, but the food is always just like so next level. It's always so top notch, all the offerings, all the, all the crazy buffets are like beyond what I could have even like dreamed of. So yeah, <laughs> definitely with you there. Um, looking elsewhere. Um, so we, we've seen an NFL team not now come to Vegas. We, we've seen the hockey team, the Golden Knights, obviously they made the Stanley Cup final their, their first year in existence. That what an awesome story that was. Is there any potential around the city that for another uh, major sports team to, to potentially uh, call Vegas its home? I think so. Uh, the NBA was talked about. Now, we're going back quite a few years, but uh, Mayor Goodman the the man, Mayor Goodman, who was our mayor, his wife's now our mayor. Between the two of them, I think they've been the mayor like 20 years. Uh, he was trying to bring in an NBA team at one time, and there wasn't a lot of support for it. Uh, I guess the feeling was there was so much in town here that why would people go to an NBA game when we have all these other offerings, all the things you know you and I just spoke about. And at the time, the town was probably only – about a million people. Well, now the town's at about two and a half million people. So uh, I think there is room for an NBA team. I think there's also room for a major league baseball team. Um, we have a triple A team here that does very well. They actually play in a new stadium on, this, on the uh, west side of town in Summerlin. Uh, so I think there's room for both of those. And uh, I think eventually it'll probably happen. All right, John, I want to finish out with uh, a few fun questions, a little more lighthearted, uh, some to do with sports, uh, others just about kind of some of your personal experiences. What is the craziest thing that you've ever seen happen in all your years at a sports book? Oh, boy. Um, there's, there's many. Um, <laughs> Feel free to answer I, with as many as you want. I've had a guy come in on the counter and bet uh, 200000 on a game and in a bag of money, and the uh, the bag had a total of about four hundred fifty thousand in it. He bet the two hundred thousand and forgot that he left the bag at the counter. As one does. <laughs> Walked out of the book. Somebody stole the bag, uh, and we were able to through our security and the and uh, the metro, the local uh, enforcement, uh, to find that gentleman. Uh, somewhere about 10 miles that out from the place uh, where he made the bet. So it, I got so many stories, guys. I, it's amazing the things that have happened to me while existing in this town. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't count the number of times I've accidentally left $200,000 just sitting around. <laughs> I, I, don't you just hate when that happens? Yeah. yeah you got to quit that habit, dude. Oh man. All right. So, you know, 
you said you came to Vegas uh, in the in the late seventies. Um, one, where are you from originally? And two, uh, what were your favorite sports teams or players growing up that really kind of got you into this business? Uh, I am from a great town in 60 miles north of New York City called Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, I spent the first 24 years of my life there. I went to school there. Uh, and I've been out in Las Vegas now the last uh, 44 years or so. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been here. I, I, I've still two towns that I've lived in my youth there and the rest of my life here. Uh, what sports, uh, you know, I played every sport. I played basketball. I played uh, some football, uh, not at a higher level because obviously I was only five, seven, 150 pounds. Um, but I did play a lot of basketball and baseball in my day. Uh, my teams that I root for uh, are the New York Mets. I'm a big Met fan. I'm a big New York Giant fan. Uh, I root for those teams, even though they've had some tough times out of, you know, as of late. But we've also won some championships with those teams, and there's been some exciting uh, days there. Um, I love that area in Poughkeepsie. It's a great town. I don't know if you ever visited, but it's right on the Hudson River, and I do visit it at least once a year. So Nick and I, like we mentioned, we we are pseudo, you know, Vegas pros. I would say, or not even pros, but I mean, we're we're like Vegas newbies. But we, we've been a few times. For you as a seasoned vet, what would you, if you could, like map out what an ideal night out in Vegas on the Strip would look like? Uh, how would that set up? Uh, okay, you would probably uh, do gambling during the day, uh, and gambling would be to play some 21, play some craps, uh, and make have a few bets on sports. Then you would go back to your room uh, and get yourself uh, about an hour, an hour, an hour and a half of rest period. And rest period is kind of just relaxing, sitting down, watching, maybe watching the TV, whether it's news or maybe a sporting event, and uh, unwinding over a, a glass of wine. Then going down to... Uh, uh, one of the restaurants that we have to offer, which are many, um, and find a place to your liking. Uh, after that, have a after dinner drink. Uh, that'll bring you to about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Uh, visit one of the great clubs in town. Uh, dance the night away till uh, about three or four in the morning. If you're with a, if you're with a, uh, a person of the opposite sex, uh, you're going to have time with that person. If you're not, there's a good chance that you'll find a new person of the opposite sex to continue that night with. Um, and it would just be a great day in Vegas with very little sleep. All right. So this is a more sports book focused question. What is the deal when you, you know, when you walk by or when you walk in, um, you're just hanging out and almost always, no matter what book you're at, there's a grouping of TVs that have like closed circuit, like chariot horse racing. There appear to be no fans watching this. Uh, there's usually a group of like foreign looking men in track suits, like shouting at the TVs. What is the deal with these races? How are they organized? Are they run only for gambling purposes? I I've always wondered about these. I believe you're speaking about harness racing, correct? Very possibly, yes. Harness racing is racing that uh, is not with the jo jockey on the back, but with the rider, as he's called, yes. in the sulky. Right. Um, and they run around the track. There's a starting gate that 
takes them around the track uh, twice on a half mile track, once on a mile track. Uh, guys, I have I have a love for that sport. That's one of my the sports that I actually uh, broke my teeth on for gambling on horse racing uh, many many years ago. So I I still have a love for that sport. Um, and the guys that are watching it uh, are yelling at the screen. Yes, they are. They're yelling for their horse to win. They don't realize that the horse cannot hear them, but they don't care because they're, they think they're rooting their horse to victory lane. I mean, you know, I do the same thing with the Baltimore Ravens every Sunday or Monday. Um, they can't hear me, but it uh, does not stop me from yelling at the TV. Uh, my last question for you, Johnny, is uh, in regards to, you know, fr from the chair that you're sitting in, and your knowledge of the public betting market versus the Sharps and all of that, how much does that influence when it, when it comes to drawing interest on, on teams like the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Dodgers, the Lakers? Like, how big of a fish are they in, in the sense that, you know, that you know that they are going to draw a fair amount of the public money? Uh, you're talking about uh, sophisticated bettors, correct? Correct. Yeah, you know, sophisticated bettors, when, and the reason they're called that is because they, they do it for a living, a lot of, most of them. Uh, you know, and they, what they do is they try to get the best possible betting spread or number, whatever you'd like to call it, consistently. And that's important to them because every time the line moves and they don't get the best number, uh, that will cost them money. Uh, for the casual better, it's not, it's important and you should try to do that, but it's not quite as important as it is to these guys. Um, they, they, they're market movers, they're line movers. I've known a lot of those guys my entire career. Uh, they're good at what they do. And, uh, you know, they're a whole different aspect to sports betting. Not everybody can do that. First of all, you need a pretty good size bankroll and you've got to have the guts to do it because those guys go into some bad streaks too. They go into streaks where they don't win for an entire month sometimes or, weeks or months and so uh over time it works for them but you know they have their bad times also so it's a it's risky it takes guts and it takes a lot of knowledge all right johnny my final question has to do with the process of of actually setting lines and we'll use nfl as an example how has that process changed you know with the integration of you know more and more computer technology more and more advanced numbers uh predictive analysis uh, how, how has that changed? You know, let's say you, you go into a, a given Sunday and, you know, the Packers are seven point favorites over the Dolphins, but midway through the week, you know, you learn that Devontae Adams is doubtful and, and Aaron Jones might not play. Like, what is the actual process of, of deciding whether or not to move that line? And if so, by how much? Well, starting off with the initial line, uh, you know, the algorithms certainly take a big part in it now uh, and, you know, computer crunching. I'd done it the old fashioned way also going back 40 years where, you know, I have, and I still have a set of power ratings on every team and I still do it that way, but there's just, it's more involved now. Um, and just to kind of break it down in a, uh, in a way where it's not confusing. If a team like the Buffalo bills are a, have a power rating of say, call it 94 out of a hundred, and a team like the Denver Broncos have a power rating of 
nine, uh, call it 89 out of 100, right there, that's a five-point spread. And then you throw in your home field advantage. Uh, what is that home field advantage? For the Broncos, it might be one point right now, maybe a point and a half. Uh, and that's kind of your starting point. And now you have to look at all those other intangibles that you spoke of. Uh, who's not playing in the game? How much is that person worth? And you apply that to your number, and that's how you come up with your opening line. Uh, what makes a, a game move during the course of a week? A lot of factors. Those sharp betters that we spoke of, those are guys that move the line. Uh, injuries that take place during the line that we did not know about or that happened during the week during practice, they move the line. And in this environment we're right and we're in right now, COVID uh, takes, uh, you know, takes precedent in moving lines and taking games off the board. So um, it's, it's about a whole trading team watching these things closely and making those adjustments. All right, Johnny, we'll leave you on this note. Um, we're going to put you on the spot real quickly. Give us your Super Bowl matchup and Super Bowl winner as of right now, heading into week 15. Well, the Chiefs are, I think, the best team in football. So I'm going to think that the Chiefs are going to get to the championship game again. If they don't get there, my two outsiders to get there would be the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. They would be my outsiders. You know, I just don't think the Steelers are playing well enough and, uh, and we'll get there this year. On the, on the other side, um, Green Bay and, and, and uh, the Saints are certainly your two favorites, but there's some others that could make some noise too there too, the Rams, the Seahawks, um, and even possibly the, a team like the Buccaneers. So I'm going to go with the, the Chiefs and the Packers in the Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs will probably be a four-point favorite in a game like that. And uh, who's going to win it? Your guess is as good as mine. I think I'd have to go with the Chiefs. I mean, I'm, I'm essentially a converted Packers fan at this point, you know, being born and raised uh, in Wisconsin. But, I mean, the Chiefs have reached a point uh, right now that it's just you, you never feel like they're ever going to lose a game. And with Patrick Mahomes being, what, 24, 25, I, I feel like this is going to continue for the next decade. Well, he certainly can uh, bring a team from behind. He showed that last year in the playoffs. And he can certainly win a game for you in the waning moments of a game with when they need a score. So uh, he's a good guy to have on your team, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny, once again, I really, really appreciate the time. Um, this has been awesome, and we look forward to hopefully talking to you again in the future. Thank you for having me on, guys. And you, enjoy the weekend. All right, you too. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.